Okay, chapter seven is basically a review and an example, okay? Um, so Lord willing, we'll just overview the whole chapter tonight in the few minutes that we have. And, and I want us to see three things tonight. First, in verses one through five, there's a command, and that's really a review of what we just saw in chapter six in verses 20 through 23. And I've got that for you in your notes, and you'll see how this lines up. But Proverbs chapter seven, verse one, let's just read along and, and look at what the word of God says over what God the Father is saying over our lives as his, as his children. My son, keep my words, lay up and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my commandments and live. And my law as the apple of thine eye, the apple of your eye, that's the center, right? So keep my word in the forefront of your eye. Uh, it's, it ought to be the treasure that you're fixated on. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the table of thine heart. God's word's so good, I gotta carry it with me and I gotta carry it with me. I gotta see it all the time. So I gotta get it in my heart. Verse four, say unto wisdom, thou art my sister and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. Okay, so this is basically a review of what we saw in Proverbs chapter six. Um, but in verses one through three, it's all about making the word of God the focus of your life. Make the word of God like your family, right? And live, and live it, right? Live for it, live in it. So it's keep my words, lay out my commandments, keep my commandments, and the promise is you'll live. Okay, so what is the word of God? Well, you guys, you know, you're, we got some good Bible thumpers here at MBT. In John chapter one, God equates himself with his word. In the beginning, the word was God, okay? So Jesus, if you wanna know God, you gotta know the word because that's who he is. He, he is the word. And if you've got the word of God, then your relationship with him in it is everything. In John chapter 14 and verse six, Jesus says, the word says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you're gonna have life, it's because you have the word of God in your, in your heart. He says the same thing in John 11, 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though it were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die, believest thou this. Again, once Christ is in our heart, how does Christ indwell my heart? Oh yeah, it's by faith. Whenever I believe on the word, right? God likens himself to his word. So whenever I believe on the word, I have life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So that is the command with a promise. Keep the word and live. Okay, but now verse four. Say to wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman. So in verse four, you make the word your family. And it's like this, you know, you don't perv on your sister, you protect her. If you got a sister in your life, uh, well then that's, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna treat her bad. You're gonna protect her. Guys are willing to die for their sisters. I don't know, ladies, if you knew this, but there's just something special, especially a little sister. Uh, man, that's a big deal. Read Genesis 34 sometime. 
I'm not saying it's right what the sons of Jacob did, but man, somebody messed with their sister and did not live to regret it. That's how that went. I mean, I, and I totally get it. I get why they rolled the way that they ride, or the, what, the way that they rolled. Now, biblically, a sister can be a bride just as long as she's not your blood, okay? Uh, you see that language in the word of God in Song of Solomon, uh, the, 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 the bride, uh, the bride who is his love, that's, he calls her sis, that's his sister. And, uh, and we understand that, I mean, in a very real sense today, my wife is my sister in Christ, not my sister in blood, okay? So uh, a sister can be your bride just as long as you're not related to her, and you see that in the law in Leviticus 18, 18. Um, Ruth marries a kinsman redeemer, uh, so I give you the cross-references there in Ruth 2, 3, and 4. But now here's the key with this, okay? You want to protect the wisdom of the word in your life. In other, words, in other words, she, the wisdom of the word, she is what is precious to you. And so you listen to her. What she says goes. And you're not going to listen to some tramp. You want to listen to what wisdom is saying to you out of the word of God. So protect the wisdom of the word in your life. Don't hurt her by listening to some pervy woman, some perverse woman, like what we've been seeing typified, perversion, rebellion, wickedness personified in Revelation 17 through 18. We see the great whore of Babylon, and what is she? She is an alternative religious system that is working to see the whole of mankind in rebellion against God and fornicating with her. You need to know that there are two kinds of wisdom, according to the, to the, to the epistle of James. James chapter three, there's two types of wisdom. There's a wisdom that comes from above, and that is pure, that's your next blank. But then there's a earthly wisdom that is sensual. Uh, it makes sense in terms of satisfying the flesh. Uh, it doesn't care about what satisfies God. It's not pure, it's sensual. So the sensual, earthly wisdom, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, watch this now, devilish. Because what is devilish wisdom? Devilish wisdom stands in the place of God as God showing itself it is God. In other words, it doesn't matter what wisdom says, it doesn't matter what God wants. What do you want? What's gonna make you happy? What's gonna satisfy your flesh? I mean, she's hot, take her. What, wait, no, no. You don't get to, as a child of God, stand in the place of God and then be a God unto yourself. That is sensual, earthly, devilish wisdom. And then it, verses 16 through 18, James 3, 16 through 18, that kind of wisdom, whenever it has a work it, in your life, it, it, it makes a wreck of your life. And so here's the key. Who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to listen to? Who do you give your ear and your heart to? Your sister or a whore? Wisdom or the world? Who is it going to be? Because you're listening to someone. Is it going to be the word of God or what your flesh wants? And so here is this command that's just a review of everything that's been said so far. And then, then here's the second thing I want you to see is the example. And what we're going to see, uh, Forrest Gump lays it out. Uh, we're going to see that mama's right. Mama says stupid is as stupid does. And that is exactly what we're going to see here in verses six and following. Dad says to his son, okay, I saw this go down. I saw it happen, and it was bad. And he tells the story. He says, for at the window of my house, I looked through my casement, and I beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths, uh, 
young man void of understanding. So whenever I laid these verses out in your notes, I left plenty of space so that you can scribble uh, however you get input or insight into Proverbs chapter seven. And so you've got plenty of doodle space in the passage. So here's a young man, void of understanding. He doesn't know anything, he's ignorant. And so he knows nothing of the coming danger. And because he's ignorant, he ends up falling for destruction. Verse eight, passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house. So he's in the wrong part of town. He has no business being here. He's, he, he's on Ho-Ro, right? He's on, he's, on, he's on prostitute overpass. He's got no business being near this woman's street, but that's what, that's what he does. He goes in the place where the action is, and so already he's got what's coming to him. There are some places, brother, that you just don't go because there's nothing for you there. Only if you interact, it's just destruction. There are some places you just don't go. And when you're at the wrong place at any time, that's begging disaster. But he is literally at the wrong place, and we'll see here in just a second, at the wrong time. You know, there are, there are websites that it's never appropriate to go to those websites. And yet it's always in the dark. And that is never edification, it's only destruction. There are some places that you cannot look up even for a second, you can't even go by that, 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 that internet overpass, that internet, that internet alley, you can't even go there for a second. Well, I'm just wondering what's going on. No, that's a trap. If a bug walks by a spider, what do you think's gonna happen? Uh, man, I don't know what happened. I don't know how I got all messed up in this. Yeah, you do. You were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Here it is, verse nine. He's in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. Watch the progression, okay? When he starts, he can still see to get away. But that's not how it ends. He doesn't leave when he should, and so he ends up trapped in the night. Now, he thinks he knows what he wants, but he's wrong. He's out just looking for fun. He's out just looking for a good time out on the town. But he is on purpose at the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay, he gets there, there's still some light. It's the twilight. It's enough to see to run home, uh, to get out of there. But he keeps going the wrong way, and he ends up in the dark, in other words, notice the progression. He's going from light to dark. He's going from safety to destruction. He could have, while it was still light, he could have turned tail, he could have ran, and he could have, been, he could have been rescued. He could have saved himself, but he didn't. He goes from light to dark. Well, what, what, what kept him in that progression of falling away from the light? Well, here it is, verse 10. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. Now, Pastor Briscoe makes fun of my, my photo, but I'm just gonna use the same photo of the woman. I looked, I just double-checked. That's not Shania Twain. It kind of looks like her a little bit, but come on, Shania Twain, she's, well, you know, I thought J-Lo was like adorable, but I'd miss like this whole, like she is, that's a nasty woman. I mean, that's just really nasty. I saw Maid of Manhattan, and I'm like, oh, J-Lo is ad adorable. Clueless, <laughs> she is nasty. Okay, so 
I don't want to say anything about Shania Twain one way or the other. It does look like her a little bit, but I don't think that's who it is. This is the great whore of Babylon is who this is depicting. The great whore of Babylon. And if that's, you know, played tonight by Shania Twain, we'll have to get her some royalties for that. But anyway, okay, so here she is with the, with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. So again, she's got the look, right? She knows how to get a guy's attention. She knows how to take a look from a guy and turn it into action. And it is, I mean, it just starts with a look with this guy, but it ends in death. And, and you see just history repeating itself. In Genesis chapter three, it just started with a look. She saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. And because she didn't run, she goes from a place of light to darkness, from following and being in the word of God to following and being in rebellion against the word of God. So she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. So Eve, as the first sinner, becomes Adam's seducer. Those are your next two blanks. Eve, as the first sinner, becomes Adam's seducer. Oh, man, uh, it doesn't get any more messed up than that. Whenever twilight, I mean, there's enough light. There's, a, there's enough light. There's no reason to fall into the pit or the deep ditch, as the cross-references put it. And yet, whenever we ignore what wisdom is saying from the word of God, we go from light to dark. We go from a look to seduction to destruction. So here she is in verse 11. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now she is without, now in the streets, and lieth, watch this now, lieth in wait at every corner. Okay, so this woman's married with a home, and you're gonna see that in verses 19 and 20. This woman is married. When he's out on business, she's making extra money as a whore. So this woman is a streetwalker. That's what she is, and she is waiting for a victim. She is lying in wait. She is a predator. She is sin personified, just like the great whore of Babylon is sin, iniquity personified in Revelation 17 and 18. Genesis 4, 7, God tells Cain, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. If you don't do well, what goes from, yeah, I mean, you, you, you don't like what's happening. I accepted your little brother's offering and you're upset, your pride is hurt. If you take that to its logical conclusion, sin is waiting to capture you. Lieth means crouching, crouching to spring. And that's what this woman is doing. She's looking for some sucker to spring the trap on. And so this idiot comes by and she's like, hey baby, wanna have some fun? I mean, the line never changes. She is, she, is, she is catching him, verse 13. She caught him. She lied in wait. She lie in wait for him. And so she caught him and kissed him. And with an impudent face, impudent face, said unto him, Hey baby, want to have some fun? So right there it's over. She's caught him. Verse 14. Here is her logic. She says, I have peace offerings with me. This day I've paid my vows. Therefore, I came forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. In other words, you, man, you're the man I have been looking for. 
I've been praying and I've been trusting and you're the one. And so now this idiot believes that he is the man that the woman has been searching for. She hasn't been searching for him. She's just looking for a sucker. He thinks he's a big deal because she told him he was a big deal. No, you're a dummy. That's what you are. Listening to a whore, looking for an ex-John. That's just how, that's just how stupid this guy is. Now, notice the enticement to sin here is wrapped in religion. Again, Revelation 17 and 18, don't miss the connection to the seduction of religion. She's saying, hey, we're good with this. God's good with this. This is good with God. He understands. So, you know, one, one, uh, one inbred offshoot of this kind of thinking is, uh, you know, God understands we love each other. So he understands that we're all shacked up. No, he doesn't understand that. He told you to flee fornication, not make provision for it. God's good with it. No, you know what God's good with? Listening to him and submitting to what he says. 1 Samuel 15, 22. Hath the Lord his great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Man, I've paid my vows. God is so cool with our, no, he's not. He'd be cool if you just obeyed, boy. I have decked my bed with the coverings, right? With coverings of tapestry and with carved works of fine, with fine linen of Egypt. The bed is beautiful and comfortable and it smells good too, verse 17. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves, ourselves with loves. Uh, it's going to be a long night in a wonderful place. I'm a high-class hooker. <laughs> Somebody could take that and clip that out, and then that would be bad. Uh, don't, don't take me out of context. Don't do that. Huh? Did I just? Oh, man. That's just stupid on my part. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Okay. So she said, I'm, I'm a high-class hoe, man. We're going to party all night. Love's plural. That's what's going down. Uh, you need to know sex is often described as eating and drinking. I give you the cross-references there. You'll see that analogy in scripture. And then she explains why her house is a brothel. Verse 19, for the goodman is not at home. He is gone. He has gone a long journey. He hath taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. Now, this revelation should have made his blood run cold. Okay, but she's saying she's been abandoned. In other words, my husband loves his business. He loves his money more than me. So she's playing the victim. The goodman's gone doing his thing and I'm here all alone. I need you to rescue me. Let's solace ourself, ourselves with loves. Now, it is interesting in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 11, there is a parable that shows Christ with his workers in the vineyard, in the vineyard of, of, of the souls of men and and he's called the goodman in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 11. And this is how it works. When people think Christ is away, that's when they sin against him. You sin, you sin against Christ when you think he's away. We wipe our mouth and we say God doesn't see it. We wipe our mouth and we say what? What, what did I do? And you would never do that, okay? You would never, you would never rebel against God like that if, he was, if, you, if you knew he was in the room with you. You wouldn't do it if I was standing in the room with you. People sin against Christ when they think him away. 
And that's what they do. They think him, they literally think him away. He's, um, I mean, he's, he's omnipresent. You guys get that, right? Uh, Jesus is God. He's everywhere. Uh, he even, he, he basically says that a few times in scripture. You remember the case of Nicodemus coming to him by night and, and Jesus talking to him about how he's talking to him about his relationship with the son of man who is right there talking to him, but oh, who is also in heaven. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you can try, but you can think Christ away, but that doesn't change the fact that he's there. Verse 21, with her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. So get this, he knows it's wrong, knows this is what goes in your blank, but he follows her anyway. She's just too lovely and willing and just too close. Her bed is right there and oh look, she wants me. She wants him. He's stupid. I mean, he's just stupid. We saw that in Proverbs 5, verses 1 through 14. Men, you have to understand how you're wired. You don't want to start to follow in sin thinking you can stop. Okay, it doesn't work that way. You need to understand how you're wired. Uh, you, you make provision for the flesh, and the flesh has its way. Don't do that. Uh, you, don't, you don't work that way. Men aren't wired to say, well, I'll just sin a little, and then I'll stop. No, you'll sin until you get sick of it. So he goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, as a fool to the correction of the stonks, till a, dark, till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. Notice how clueless he is. He is going, he is flying to his doom. He's so excited to be with this woman. He's so excited to go to his own destruction is what he is. And so he dies because he's a fool, because she's not trustworthy. She even admits that to him in verses 19 and 20. The good man's away. My husband's on a business trip. So she already told him she is not trustworthy. She's breaking her vows to her husband. She is, she is defiling her marriage bed. And so if she's going to do damage like that to her husband, what's she going to do to this guy that she's just trying to make a few bucks on? One way or another, this guy is going to be destroyed. We saw how the husband destroys adulterers in chapter 6. You know, if he caught you stealing, maybe he could make an excuse for that, but but you're gonna get wounded and dishonor at minimum. The reproach isn't wiped away, Proverbs 6, 33. And then, oh yeah, verse 34. For jealousy is the rage of a man, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not regard any ransom, neither will he rest content, though thou givest many gifts. So it, it could be that he's destroyed here in, in chapter seven by the husband. It could be that he's destroyed by the woman. If this kid ever does amount to anything, she owns him now. And so, you know, it could be a blackmail scheme and his life is over and he is under this woman's thumb for the rest of his life. But one day he's gonna meet his God. In Proverbs 15, three says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place. You think nobody knows, you think nobody can see, but God knows, he sees, he beholds the evil and the good. Now, we're out of time, and so let me just wrap it up this way. In verses 24 through 27, what you have is the warning in Scripture. And so, Dad, here's a pro-parenting tip. What Solomon has done for his son is just, is just good child training. So, Dad, pointing out 
the rough endings in the lives of the wicked and the fool. It's just simply good parenting. It's your last two sets of blanks. It's just good parenting. Here's the warning. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O children. So he, he, he shows how this guy fell for a trap and it destroyed his life. He told his kids about it. I mean, just the gory details. He just laid it out there. He thought he was being smart. He thought this was a good deal. He thought this was going to make him happy and it destroyed him. Do you see that? So hearken now, right? Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. For she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. And you see that again in Proverbs 9, 13 through 18. He knoweth not. I mean, her place looks awesome, but it's actually the gateway to hell. So what dad is doing is he's showing the destruction of somebody who should have known better, who could have fled and been, and been spared. But because they thought they knew better than what the Bible says, they, because they thought they had a better idea and, and ignored the warning of the word of God, it destroyed them. I can't tell you how many times over the years where I would see something in the news, you know, there'd be something that was just very clearly portrayed. It was in the public domain um, or, or as they got a little bit older, um, you know, there would be issues with, uh, with um, people that they know, uh, whether it's in the community, in the school, or whatever, and something went wrong and it destroyed that person's life. Dad, mom, that's a teachable moment. And what you want to do is you want to walk that kid through the genesis of how that person thought they were on the right path. You want to show them how it, how it absolutely violates the word of God they thought it was a good idea, even though the word of God was warning them against it. And then let them see how it destroyed their life, how it destroyed their health, how it took their life, whatever that was. The children need to see the exceeding sinfulness of sin. They need to see the wages of sin. They need to see the penalties of sin in this life and, and, and the fact that it can end your existence on this planet. But, but, but then most of all, they need to see in the scriptures what sin looks like to God. That's great. It's a great training tool uh, to, to, to work through, do the autopsy on a rough ending and show how it happened and then point your kids to the way of salvation. Point your kids to the, to the value, the truth of the scripture to spare the life of the believer and to bless it, uh, to, 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 to give it not just blessing, but to put you in right relationship with your creator. I want to pray for you, and, uh, and then we'll uh, worship, and then we'll break up into our, uh, our households for prayer. Uh, so as I pray, if the worship team can come up and, and finish us out tonight, the, the live stream, that'd be great. If you need prayer, if you need counsel, uh, make sure you contact us, okay? The church, it's 816 uh, 3 98, yeah, 816-398-8171, extension 5. That'll put you in the call center and we'll get somebody with you. If you don't catch somebody, leave a message or email us at info at mbtkc.org. But uh, I want to pray for you. And then we'll worship as we close out the live stream portion of our prayer meeting. Father, I pray again specifically for our young men.
Lord, help us to tremble at your word. Uh, Help our young men to take your word seriously. Uh, These words have survived and they've stayed in the, in, in the forefront of the, the consciousness of humanity for a reason. Uh, these words are truth, <laughs> and the warning is there, and yet so many ignore what they know is true because they think they're gonna have, the, that, that they're gonna actually enjoy the pleasure of sin for a long season, and it doesn't work that way. Be sure your sin find you out. And Lord, at the same time, who among us can't say, Lord, thank you for your mercy and your love for us. You didn't just cover our sin, you washed it away. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the grace. Uh, Thank you for the love. Thank you for the generosity that we find at Calvary. But Lord, you are worth being right with and your word uh, is very clear on how to relate rightly to you. And uh, Lord, it's for our blessing. And so again, uh, for all of my brothers and sisters, but particularly for our, our, our young men, Help them not to be foolish and ignorant. Lord, don't let our boys get away with listening to the world, the devil, and their flesh and follow after stupid. Don't let them get away with being stupid. Help us to point out how they want to be wise and listen to wisdom and make her their sister. That, uh, Lord, that they, that, that they would, even as young men, understand that they need to have a long game perspective. They need to have a long game plan that they're not, gonna, they're not gonna just try to be satisfied with the exceeding sinfulness of sin for just a short season and think they can get away with it. Lord, help them to see that God, the wages of sin is death. And then to never forget your gift to them is eternal life through Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and so God. Again, protect our young men. Would you raise up mighty men of God at MBT? Mighty men of God who are willing to do what's right, who understand that temporal pleasures, uh, they're nothing in in comparison to your eternal glory. Uh, Help them to recognize that you're worthy, you're worth being right with. Uh, But Lord, for all of us, help us to listen to wisdom. Help us to mortify, to deny the will and the desires of the flesh. And God, would you be glorified in our, in our people and in our church, we ask in Jesus' name, amen.